Welcome to Three Films in a Podcast, the show where Destiny brought together three friends to enhance each other's cinematic journey by watching three new movies in a series of themed rounds. There is no claim of ownership on any film footage used in this episode, as all film footage is owned in its entirety by the copyright holders. And just like every car in Too Fast, Too Furious, this podcast contains spoilers. Enjoy! Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Three Films in a Podcast. My name is Ben Lawhorn, and I'm joined as always by the Neo to my Trinity, Tyler Beck. I really wanted to come up with something fun to say there, but that's might be the sweetest thing you've ever said to me. So <laughs> I just want to live in this moment. Just hold it near and dear to my heart. I think we could revive each other if we needed to. One of us dies, we'll just give each other a kiss and back to life. Everything's yeah. perfect. Uh, and the one and only Morpheus of Three Films Pod, Mr. Matt Weiler. The Trinity to my own Neo. Indeed. Yeah. <laughs> maybe you'll do the whole episode with your arms behind your back, like how he walks around oh. the whole time, which is hard to do. I mean, maybe I, I, mean, I know I'm I can't out of shape, it. but I cannot get my hands to touch my elbows behind my back. Can you do yeah, it, Matt? Same. Hands to touch elbows behind the back? Yeah. Well, you'll just have to believe me. Okay. Not only, yes, okay. not only <laughs> am I out of shape and I'm like, I'm just not flexible and I have yeah. like no neck and like, I'm just like, <laughs> yeah. oh, I can't do it. It's There's awful. just scenes he walks around like, how do you do that? That's crazy. Um, for those of you new to the show, welcome to the movie club. For those of you returning, welcome back to the movie club. We are glad you're here. Uh, we are just three folks just challenging each other and everyone listening to watch some new movies. Movies that are new to you. It's what the whole premise of this is. Um, so yeah, tell your friends and lovers and enemies and family and everyone. You can find us on all the socials at three films pod. Uh, or if you're interested in supporting the pod, we have merch and Patreon options at three films No guests today. It's just the three of us, uh, at the Sorry, you know, risk of being sacrilegious. I guess we're the Holy Trinity, right? Mm. I guess all of us are the Trinity here. Um, yes. but yeah, to your Neo, yeah, the listener, <laughs> all the Trinity. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, we ran into some scheduling things with our, our guests, but we love having guests on. So if you follow us on our socials, you'll get to see when we post our upcoming, uh, schedule and our openings. And we love to have people on just to talk about movies. That's what we're all here for. So this week we are finishing up a trilogy of movies. <laughs> we are <laughs> That's uh, yes. Our Trinity round <laughs> trilogy. Uh, we, we did trilogies last season and they were kind of like, honestly, like some of the most listened to episodes that we have, which were awesome. We covered the Apu trilogy, the before trilogy and the blade trilogy. And yeah, I think people really enjoyed them. I think we really enjoyed them. Most mm-hmm. importantly, like a lot of those, I think for me, all nine of those movies were new watches. I don't think yeah, I'd seen same. blade. That's the only one yep. I may have seen. And I don't think same. I did. So it was really cool to, to experience that. So we thought, you know, what better thing to do for the summer than like, let's do trilogies again, but this time let's not like just destroy ourselves by watching three movies for one episode. Let's give each yeah. movie its own week. So mm-hmm. that's what we're doing. So we're kicking it off here with Tyler's selection of the matrix trilogy. Um, next month we'll get into my selection, which is a little trilogy called Lord of the Rings. Ever heard of it? Um, Ooh. I'm excited to rewatch those. I honestly think this might be, at least for the second two movies, it'll be the second time I've seen them. So I'm That's excited awesome. to talk about. We're getting those. a lot of Hugo weaving, a lot of Hugo, yes. a lot of Hugo. I can't get enough Hugo of that weaving. guy. Yeah, we need we need more. 
Um, and then, yeah, we'll wrap it up with, uh, I mean, it gets called like the man with no name trilogy, the dollars trilogy, but, uh, you know, the one with uh, Clint Eastwood, uh, Sergio Leone, this is a uh, spaghetti Westerns, good, bad, and ugly, all that kind of stuff, which, you know, we talked about Yojimbo earlier, so we'll probably be talking about that again. Um, because some of those have some very close ties. So, uh, but this week we are wrapping up the matrix trilogy with the Wachowski's 2003 film, the matrix revolutions. Uh, synopsis from IMDb, which is always flawless, is the human city of Zion defends itself against the massive invasion of the machines as Neo fights to end the war at another front while also opposing the rogue Agent Smith. There is that's is a long sentence. I, <laughs> I don't know if it's technically considered a run on yeah. sentence, but I yeah, I feel like I had my running shoes on just to read that whole thing. That was a lot. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I guess let's just get into it. Um, this trilogy just got worse as it went for me. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's hard, like when you start out with the Matrix, which like changed films. You know what I mean? Like it felt like there's been like just these like films that have affected the rest of the industry, like Jaws, like you know Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction, that kind of thing. Like just like once it's come out, everyone's like, oh. I want to do my version of that because it's so successful, which I think a lot of people may have tried to do with the matrix. And it kind of felt like the Wachowski's tried to do as well with the rest of these movies, because it just like, it just kind of felt like uh, diminishing returns. Like we talked about it last week with reloaded, but for me, like the first 20 minutes of this movie was them saying like, Hey guys, uh, do you remember the subway station fight from the first movie? And do you remember that awesome gunfight in the lobby from the first movie? And do you remember that cool rave from the first movie? What if we do that again, but not but as a little good. bit different, <laughs> a little different, you we'll know, reskin like, it, a remix. Yeah. We're going to do our remix. version of it. <laughs> it just, you know, kind of makes me think of the, the Farley character from SNL. Like, Hey, you guys remember that? That was awesome. <laughs> like me too. we're going to, we're going to try it again. You remember in uh, Something Wild when uh, Melanie Griffith had you handcuffed to the bed? Remember that? Yeah. And you, you had to make that phone call, remember? And you were chained to the thing and you couldn't get away? Yeah, yeah, I remember. Yeah. <laughs> that was awesome. Um, and yeah, just like, I don't know, we've talked about it the last couple episodes, but it just doesn't pay off like it does the first time you see it, so... Uh, we do get to see Machine City, which is kind of cool, but that feels like that's it as far as like expanding the world. Like we're just still in Zion, basically. Um, mm-hmm. So that was kind of, I don't know, I guess I had hoped for more because it felt like the first movie for me just made it seem like it was not necessarily like multiverse infinite, but just felt like there were so many places that we could go see. And we got a little bit of it in the second movie, which was cool. And then the third movie just kind of went away from that. So I don't know. Hmm. Um, and I get, you know, last but not least, I'm, I'm not much of a religious man myself anymore, but I don't know if you guys noticed a little bit of the Christ symbolism in there, you know, it was uh, Wait, very, very subtle. You know, you need a keen eye. Um, I don't mean yeah. to brag, but I have a film degree. So I kind of picked Whoa. up on this stuff, you know, <laughs> so, well, I hmm. never went to church and I dropped out of college. So that went right over my this head. Right close, over your head. This is the closest thing to church that, him laying out with his arms out and then a, a light cross comes up in his chest it's like ooh, i think i might know what they're doing i'm gonna mm. talk to the guys about it i think i've seen that before yeah i'll have to pull my encyclopedia <laughs> figure out where i got this from so 
yeah, super subtle. I, I don't know. Like this, I'm, I must have seen this in the theater. I don't remember seeing it. I very distinctly remember seeing Reloaded in theaters. Yeah. Um, but this feels like an experience that maybe I just tried to like push out of my brain, I guess, maybe right after I saw it. But hey, I'm curious about you guys. Like, had you seen this before? Do you remember your experience with it? Anything like that? Uh, Matt, I'm going to kick it to you first. So I can say that I had not seen this movie. And it was weird because... I had a very positive first viewing of Matrix Reloaded. And if I'm not mistaken, this came out the same year yeah. Yeah. as Matrix Reloaded. It was kind of a, I mean, we, we kind of just did that with Infinity War and Endgame mm-hmm. where they came out very close to each other. For whatever reason, I didn't see Revolutions. And you would think it was because I didn't like Reloaded, but I did like Reloaded. Just never got around to Revolutions. I'm not sure why. But I can say that on this viewing, having watched them back to back with Reloaded and and The Matrix, once The Matrix was over, the first movie, every passing minute I was losing interest in this universe. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Like, I just, I found myself just caring less and less and less, and it made it harder for the movie just to continue on and me not care as much about even how it was going to conclude. I I feel like, I hate being, it's okay. I'm about to commit a sin here. I I don't like it when a creator has a vision, they fulfill that vision. And then I spend time and I spend your, you listeners, I spend your precious minutes, you know, going over what I would have done instead (laughs) of what they did. Um, Because I think that's lame. Like the creators did what they wanted to, and we either like it or we don't like it. What I am going to say is I'm far less interested in Zion and that new reality that they introduced us to. And I'm way more intrigued by what happened to Neo in the first one, where he's kind of the veil is lifted and mm-hmm. he's exposed to this new world. And also that this idea that he's like the chosen one. And so something that would be far more intriguing to me is more Neo like stories where maybe there's the anti Neo or mm-hmm. to, to Ben's point with the symbolism, the antichrist Mm-hmm. Who's also, you know, lit, the veil is lifted for him too, or her, and um, and we get to see like that sort of dynamic play out. Wasn't that Agent Smith? Zion. Agent Smith was like a, a program, though, right? Agent Smith wasn't a human being that was, you know, that was realized mm-hmm. that he didn't have a similar origin story as Neo, right? He's yeah. like part of the. He's a machine essentially. Yeah, I feel like maybe the closest thing to that was like Cypher, who was just like saw what it all was and still was just like, nope, I don't care. Like rather than like, yeah, he kind of wanted to bring it all down. He's like, just make me forget everything, but you guys can burn this place to the ground. I don't give a shit. Yeah. Yeah. So that that would have been far more for like a for like a trilogy type or for like a ultimate like bad guy to me is more interesting than this like machine machine against human thing in a dystopian future reality Uh, so i like yeah i just found myself losing interest one thing that was i guess sort of neat was they're personifying these like computer processes Mm -hmm. um so you're meeting like these characters that actually like fulfill like a role in the machine world and that's neat um but i have to say space jam 2 sorry don Cheadle's character ruined it for me he's a uh, algae rhythm <laughs> and uh, can't can't handle the the personification of 
of computer processes anymore. Hmm. It was interesting though. I mean, one of the biggest ones I think that we're drawn to is like the, the little girl at the train station, yeah. you know, and Neil's like, you know, cause the, the parents want to protect her, but all, all of them are programs. And you know, he's like, but I thought, you know, machines couldn't feel love. And he's like, it's just a word. Like we know what it means and what it means is how I, you know, view this little girl. So I'm going to take care of her. So it, yeah, it was kind of interesting to see because it feels like agent Smith is like, I, I don't know. I'm probably wrong, but it feels like he's one of the main, if not the only, like this is the personification of a, a program or something like that, you know, of, of a computer process. But um, yeah, it was interesting to see some more of those in this movie. Totally. And it was those things that saved this movie for me. It's interesting hearing how much you guys disliked this one because I, I've actually really liked it. I thought this movie, it's nowhere near as good as the first one. That's like, I mean, I'm not breaking any, any news there. And I don't think it's necessarily like a great movie, but if this, if this particular movie were to stand on its own, I feel like it, it at least does that better than the second one. Right. Mm -hmm. um, there was a lot about this third one that I really liked. And part of the reason I liked it so much is because I felt like the tone matched the first one a lot better. I don't know if you agree with me there, Matt or Ben. Um, I felt like not only like the overall tone, but like specifically like the color palette and the way mm -hmm. the characters acted, the, the characters kind of like dialed themselves back to where I remembered them being in the first, in the first matrix. And we get a lot of that stuff. Like what's the train station? What is this like weird nether world? Like, yeah, we we're, we're playing catch up more in the third one than we are in the second one. And I really appreciate that about re, uh, revolutions. And I actually don't know if I've seen it until this point. I, I don't remember it at all. A lot of the stuff that I thought was in revolutions was from reloaded. Like I thought the architect came from revolutions. Um, I thought that's where we like, I thought that's where we meet him. Um, yeah. And all that sort of stuff. So it's possible this is my first time seeing it. And um, I actually have, like had a lot of fun with it. And maybe it's just because the second movie was just like, was, ju was just such a bummer and set the bar so low that anything above that I, I was happy with. <laughs> and, and that's probably the truth. But I did like this version of Agent Smith. He did seem more how I want him <laughs> to yeah, have yeah. been, you know, uh, what I enjoyed from the first one. And, um, you know, Nia or Morpheus had like come back to the Morpheus that I remembered. And I actually liked the, um, this in this movie, I liked the stuff in Zion more because there was, there was stuff happening, right? Like there, it's the invasion, it's Helm's deep. It's like all those, all those things that I like spoiler alert for the next round. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I, uh, I, I really enjoyed it. And, uh, you know, I gave, I think I gave it three stars on letterboxd and, at least for me is like, I wasn't in agony the whole time. I didn't have to take yeah. breaks, I guess, you well, know, like I could just watch the whole thing and be happy rather than going scene to scene. Like, okay, that cool scene's over. I'll take a break to get through the setup for the next cool scene. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, but yeah. Well, I, so I already, I already stated like I lost interest in what they were doing yeah. with this whole thing as, as the movies went on. But to your point, Tyler, and I mentioned this in matrix reloaded, one thing I think the Wachowskis did well, um, and I know storytelling, like whether you enjoy it or not, is objective. Like you can't tell someone like this is good and this is bad because, you know, people enjoy things, people don't enjoy things. But one thing that I think they did well was 
each time that they introduce a new power to Neo, which they do. And I feel like that's a good thing that they do in each of these movies to keep things a little bit fresh. It's like, oh, yeah, he's we're everyone's discovering something new here mm-hmm. uh, that right. he can do. They are also allowing the villain to discover or obtain something new as well. And so like in this one, Neo like realizes, oh, in in the real world, I can still see code or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that's cool. Like we didn't know that you could do that. We kind of saw him do something at the end of Reloaded. But, you know, they, they keep on evolving the character there and what what his limits are, expanding his limits. But then, uh oh, Agent Smith met the Oracle Oh, crap. Now he's, you know, he's got new powers. He's also he's infiltrated the real world. Like mm-hmm. if if they're going to add new stuff to the good guys, adding stuff to the bad guys makes sense. And I feel like they did a good job here, even though ultimately I wasn't really interested with what they did with it. Yeah, it was still cool to see them at least push those those two things. True. Yeah, it at least gave us some stakes like it was. That was a good cliffhanger, I guess, you know, from Reloaded. It's like, oh, Bane, you know, is agent smith and he's on the ship with them like mm-hmm. cuts a black like oh holy shit you know so it's kind of interesting to have that dynamic of just like things are ramping up for everybody in a you know a different yeah. way and you know there's things like you said that we'll learn about neo and some of the the new abilities which i think are kind of cool this movie did feel very like two locations you know it's like yeah we're either in zion or I mean, I guess we were in a couple different ships, but it just like, I don't know. It felt very, we didn't spend a ton of time. I don't think like in the matrix itself is like, it felt like a lot of the real world, I guess. Yeah. In this movie. Mainly just when we go to the Oracle, we're in the, that's like the only real matrixy. Yeah. Moments. yeah. And maybe yeah, like, and I a, guess like, yeah, a few great scenes. Yeah. The machine city or whatever, but yeah, I don't know. It was, it was interesting. Um, yeah, it just kind of felt like diminishing returns for me, but I'm I'm glad that like you were stoked on it, Tyler. Like I as we're talking about it, I think I'm realizing some more of the merit, I guess, but it was hard not to go into it remembering just how much I, I disliked it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, totally. I and so wait, you're saying you knew you remember disliking it from the first time you saw it? Yeah, I remember like oh, okay. just like never wanting to like think about it again. Oh, you know, interesting. Like, that okay, yeah, horrible. <laughs> you yeah, know, that would change it. things. And yeah. then, like I said, I this this actually might be the first time I've ever seen it, and so I think I had the the benefit of time, like knowing full well that they're not gonna, they can't catch lightning in a bottle twice. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you, you, it's just not gonna be the Matrix, and so reloaded was in my opinion just bad enough that it made this one more fun because yeah. I, I i do think it's better than the second one but i mean that's that's like saying would you rather be kicked in the shin or kicked in the shoulder you know what yeah. i mean it's like let us know I'll in the shin. comments yeah those I'll pick, i'm taking i'm taking too many shinners in my day skateboarding i'll take the shoulder but yeah. it's not great either way <laughs> yeah yeah this is an ideal yeah i kind of felt like as i was watching this i i mean i I guess I could have researched it was like, how far ahead were they ready to go? You know, with the matrix movies, like Mm. did they have, you know, reloaded and revolutions written out, you know, or is this like a George Lucas thing where it's like, 
are they lovers? Like, Oh, actually they're siblings now. <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, I don't know that you knew that the first movie, like, I feel like this kind of like, <laughs> you, you thought about this after Remember <laughs> you how know? you did some things in the first movie. Like, well, you know. Yeah. So I, I kind of thought about that on this one and it felt like to me, you know, someone was doing their best tribute to the Wachowskis. Like, Oh, I want to make, the yeah. movie that I think they would have made, you know, and it, it just didn't feel like it was them, you know, that's just, fair. I don't know. For yeah. me, that's kind of how it came across, you know, and obviously I, like, I'm just, I feel like they, like, I feel like that's actually a really good point. It's kind of reminds me of what, like season five of community when they had yeah. other people were writing it. And it's like, it was close. Like the tone was kind of all there, but like, it just didn't quite, not everything landed. Wasn't everything perfect. It was like, it's like going to see spasmatics. If you, if I don't know, I don't know where you are in the world and if a spasmatics band plays in your area, but it's an eighties cover band. And it's like, it sounds like all the songs. It's not really that, but it's still fun. You know, that's kind of how I felt about, about this movie. It's like they, they, they nailed like the tone, both, both like visually and like, I I can't think of the word for it, but just in the way that the characters spoke and acted and carried themselves. And like the, the dialogue felt sort of similar to the first and it looked kind of similar to the first and, but it just wasn't quite the first one. <laughs> you know? Yep. Yeah. Well, with all that reigning endorsement, I think it just makes sense for us to get into our elevator pitches here. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? Um, and try to like tell people why they should watch it. Uh, our concept here is that you are in an elevator with somebody and they are asking, you know, what are you guys talking about next? And you tell them the movie and they say, why should I see this? So you get to pick one scene, one moment that you could pull up on your phone. Be like, just watch this. I think you'll be sold after you see this part of the movie. Um, so, yeah, let's kick that off. Uh, Tyler, go for it. So throughout the, all the movies, we hear that we have this impending threat of the machines, right? Like, mm-hmm. They're, they're going to come get us. And then the second movie, especially, it's like, oh, they're on their way. They're coming to get us. It's going to be bad. The, the whole first two acts of the third movie is preparing for the machine attack. So what I would show is the those giant mech suits. Yeah, which, like alien kind of thing. Which they look really cool, but just watching them move is so impractical. The, the actors are like just getting their asses kicked, like just yeah. walking around <laughs> the platforms. Um, and so I think I would show kind of that whole suit up thing, the preparation, and then right up to the moment where the alien or the machines pop through the ceiling For uh, sure. or even right, even before they start to shoot their guns, like just right up to that moment and then, you know, send them on their way so that they could, sit through the rest of the movie and get back up to that point because that's what I wanted to see. I was like, I just mm-hmm. want to see them fight these fucking machines. Like we've been talking about it forever. Like Neil's supposed to be the one we're supposed to have this thing and he's supposed to do the stuff and let's see it. Let's just do it. <laughs> Come on, let's go. Let's and I do think happen. it's funny having said all that, that like Neo doesn't even fight them. <laughs> he's, he's, yeah. he's, he's nowhere near the battle. Like kind of would have been cool to watch him fly around, do Superman stuff and fighting the machines, but whatever. I still like those mech suits. And I liked that, you know, that scene was fine. I, so I think to trick someone into watching the movie, I would leave them with a cliffhanger of how does this battle end? You know? Yeah, no, I think that's good. I think the CG was definitely kind of weird, you know, for yeah. that stuff. Cause it felt like you could tell, I don't know. There are certain scenes in this movie where it was just, 
funny to think about them filming it which like it, it is like in a lot of movies of cg like yeah. the marvel movies like when you see the behind the scenes of you know elizabeth olsen like throwing her hands and nothing's happening you know yeah. or i guess like laura dern and uh the last jedi kept saying like pew pew when she would shoot her gun and stuff like that like I just, oh, I what a that. treasure she is that's <laughs> amazing but my my favorite one in this movie is during the final scene when agent smith is like basically flying neo into the ground to like yeah. you know just like demolish him but it's just like a I understand what they're doing. Like it's like we're getting a close up shot of Agent Smith's face as they're flying down. But just like it's on Agent Smith's face, I'm like, he's just Hugo Weaving's just sitting there hugging Keanu Reeves, just like yelling into the camera. (laughs) That's all that's happening right now. And I just love like some fan that's probably blowing in his face is like, ah, that's all that's going on. Like, man, movie magic. I love it so much. It's so good that they can do. Um, Matt, hopefully I didn't steal your scene there, you know. Yeah, let's move on. <laughs> uh, Agent Smith plowing Neo. Um, I don't think there's any better way to phrase that. So, <laughs> nope. um, but yeah, what's what's your scene? Yeah, I'm sure we could find uh, some some fiction online with that with that scene. Rule thirty four, uh, right? My, yeah. uh, <laughs> mine is so. I, I always have to preface my elevator pitch with I. It always it has to be a scene where. I imagine myself in like a hotel room and I'm I'm browsing, you know, whatever's on TV and depending on what I'm seeing is ultimately what's going to get me to, to finish watching the movie. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's, it's usually got to be something that just like, just seems like so out there or so cool, or it has to, it has to be something that just like impacts me in that moment to be like, Oh, I'm, you know, I'm curious to see what this is. And sometimes when, it, when it's a bad movie, it's just a scene that's just like so insane that I've just never seen before. Yeah. Um, for a good movie, it might just be, you know, the most beautiful scene that I perceive is in the movie for this one. It was tough. I, I, I was having a hard time isolating like one scene that I, I could get someone to watch this movie. But so if I put myself on the hotel bed and, uh, and, uh, think about what scene could come on the TV, it's gotta be when Morpheus plows me <laughs> <laughs> not in this movie uh, oh that's right that's right that's a different hotel late night movie order <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when morpheus trinity and i think it's niobe i can't even remember who else is in the scene but they're all they're back to back they've got guns pointed out and they're walking through this nightclub yeah oh yeah where everyone everyone's just totally and they're doing and their no one cares and... yeah no one cares there's like yeah. Yeah, fine. yeah they've got guns pointed at people's faces and there's like a shot from above and then like that french dude's there and he's like you know dressed the same he's like oh it's like <laughs> what the freak is going on here <laughs> yeah it's so weird <laughs> and it kind of reminds me like the i mean all nightclub scenes are kind of weird just because mm-hmm. nightclubs are weird <laughs> tyler i think on Twitter, I see some of the likes that you have of like chaotic nightclub videos. Oh, it's my favorite <laughs> account on Twitter. It's so good. <laughs> I think I only see it because you like them, but like, yeah. they're so funny. But yeah, nightclubs are just weird places. And this scene is no different. I feel like if I were to be like late at night, laying on a hotel bed, seeing that scene, I'm like, okay, I'm watching the rest of this movie for sure. Totally. Like yeah. what is even because the thing I remember, <laughs> the thing that stuck out to me is like, and I guess you could chalk it up to just like, the Frenchman's in charge. They're all his programs. He tells them whether they should be scared or not, but it's just like, no one cares. Like 
they're mm-hmm. doing tactical maneuvers through a nightclub with guns in their faces and people are just like partying like <laughs> like that's well, just like, fucking insane they just got through the lobby which is where all the guards were you know that's like right. oh we can't have guns in here so we recreate the lobby scene except this time the people can be on the ceiling uh, but other than that it's like the same but it's like yeah, you you're done. Like you made it past. Like you're just in a club now. Like yeah. you can chill out a little bit. You don't have to do your like tactical back to back to back, like <laughs> spinning three sixty as you walk through the club. It's kind of kind of silly. But yeah. yeah, I think it's a great scene. In honor of one of our past guests, uh Aaron from the podcast that wouldn't die on our last night in Soho episode, we asked her for her elevator pitch and her response was why would I want somebody to watch this? <laughs> That's kind of how I feel about this. Yeah, <laughs> like, why would I fair. talk somebody into this? Um, and that, that, I, that that's how I feel, but uh, I am going to pick a scene that I thought was interesting. Kind of uh, talk like what Matt talked about earlier. Uh, it's when Bane agent Smith as Bane uh, has Trinity, you know, and Neil's going to fight him, blah, blah, blah. He drops tr- uh, blade or blade. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, I would be so into this movie. Blade, 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 Blade just shows up totally two thirds of the way like, through. <laughs> yeah, I would. I would love that so much. In the nightclub, um, he totally could have been in the nightclub. Oh right? yeah, that's gonna have been a blood rave right there. That'd have been awesome. Yeah, just um, Wesley Snipes grinning. <laughs> so they're fighting. He drops Trinity down to that you know lower level, and then he gets uh, blinded by Bane and. Then, you know, Bane thinks he can't see him. So he goes to swing. But then we get to see, you know, from the perspective of Neo, kind of that burning, you know, whatever. And he's like, oh, I can see you. It's like, oh, okay. So if anything is Agent Smith, whatever, he can still see it. And we find that later on at the end of the movie with the whole like machine city kind of fight. But I thought that was interesting because as Matt talked about earlier, it was a cool reveal of new abilities for our hero. You know, it's like, oh, okay, cool. Because most people if you're blinded that's it you're done but it's like oh okay he's not completely done like he has a heightened sense now for a certain thing so mm-hmm. i thought that was kind of cool would still love it more if uh wesley snipes just showed up though that would have been so much better <laughs> I would love that. So good. <laughs> speaking of you know i want to get to our apollonia award which i would easily give to wesley snipes even if it's just for that one scene <laughs> um we did this for the first movie but i kind of want to do it for the whole trilogy the apollonia I mean, it's taken on so many definitions, but after watching Purple Rain, you just kind of know that Apollonia kind of lives above the movie. She's kind of the star while not being the star because you're never going to top Prince, you know. But we we like to hand this out to basically our favorite character, supporting character in the movie. Um, but I'm going to do the whole trilogy, open it up. So if you want Neo, tear it up. Um, but yeah, let's get to our Matrix Trilogy Apollonia Award. Matt, who are you giving yours to? Wow. Well, big. I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to feel like I'm teeing up our next trilogy. I really don't, but I got to go with Hugo Weaving, Agent Smith himself. Yeah. Uh, We're going to be talking about him as Elrond for the next, we're going to be talking about him for the next several episodes. You know, he's, he's a big deal here. He's a big deal in Middle Earth. One scene that comes to mind is when he, when he overtakes the Oracle's powers and he has that maniacal laugh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like he just acted this role so well because he's he's a program. He's a personified program who's also evil. And but he's still a program. Yeah. At the end of the day, he's still a program. And now when I think of just like 
if you're to think of a personified computer, I think of Hugo Weaving. Yeah. Just he's he's a, a he's a program. That's it. So I, I I would give it to him. But like I said, he's also kind of the leader of the River Elves in Lord of the Rings. And I cannot wait to see him shift gears into that. Same. Created Scientology, right? L. Ron Hubbard. Is that <laughs> That's, that's right. who he is, right? In Lord of the Rings. That's, that's exactly right. We're going to go with exactly it. That's exactly who he is. Yeah. All right. Cool. I like it. <laughs> Makes sense. Well, so if I'm being honest, that that's my pick too. Agent Smith, I think I've said it a million times, is far and away my favorite thing about the Matrix. I just think he's such a cool villain. Um, I mean, again, especially in the first one, he's just mm-hmm. so menacing. The way he delivers his dialogue and his lines and his interactions with people are so fucking cool. Um. Yeah. And I don't know. I just he he can deliver that agent speak so well. Like the mm-hmm. other times they let other agents talk. It's like no 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 no. Like just just, just like let Hugo no. do it. Like it's that's maybe that's why they just went all Hugo for the <laughs> let yeah, Hugo maybe. voiceover for you guys. Yeah. Um. I, he just like we've said it before, but like these movies really toe the line between corny and cool. And like Lawrence Fishburne can do it. Keanu can do it. Uh, Carrie Ann Moss can do it. And sure as shit, Hugo Weaving can do it because a lot of the yeah. things the Agent Smith says like shouldn't sound as cool as they as they do uh, coming out of Hugo Weaving. But uh, for the sake of a different answer, the other character that always stands out the most to me, uh, besides the obvious like Neo and Trinity, is Cipher. Um, mm. I, I've I've joked. I think I mentioned Cypher. this in the in the in the first episode. Like uh, Ben, Cypher. you and I have a a mutual friend that's a philosophy teacher, and yes, you do. I told I've had a conversations with him about the matrix. And I'm like, I think I'm cypher, man. Like just, I don't like, I don't care. Like, I don't want anything to do with Zion. I don't want like, just put me in the matrix. Like I'm fine. It's a privileged stance. I have a, like it's been covered. I have a sweet life with all my, my walls and my Good house walls. and my car. Just hoarding all these walls. Uh, yeah. Just all these walls. <laughs> so I understand that like, you know, if I had a different station in life, maybe I wouldn't want to be in the matrix, but I don't, and here I am. Uh, here I'm going to go cook a steak as soon as we're done with oh, this yeah. episode. Mm. I think <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, yeah, I just missed my real answer, but for the sake of conversation, cipher. Yeah, I mean, you're right. The way he delivers stuff, like if anyone thinks of "Hello, Mr. Anderson," like you can hear it in Hugo's delivery. Oh, like it's totally. like kind of an iconic line reading. It's so good. Yeah, I mean, I covered this last week. Uh, in the, in the first movie, I picked Morpheus because I felt like he sold it. Like if you think about the role, it's crazy. That role of Morpheus was like, no, this is all real. But it's like Lawrence Fishburne was just like very believable. And I loved it. Um, But unfortunately the, you know, following two movies, I feel like he kind of got, you know, pulled back a little bit. Um, So yeah, this is like a super obvious answer, but I'm, I'm going to go with Keanu. Keanu is Neo. Keanu Neo. (laughs) Um, I just think he was perfect for this role which is saying a lot, you know what I mean? Like we talked about again, people probably seen the Will Smith thing about how he was going to be, you know, Neo Val Kilmer would be Morpheus and all that. But it's like, he, but he says it in the video, too, I do like want to see that wouldn't have worked. I mean, it'd be cool, but like, I agree. Right, it wouldn't it just have wouldn't probably have worked, worked, but yeah, totally. Yeah. It would have been in like, black. Yeah. It's just like, I, Keanu was perfect for this. You know, I think he has like a, uh, as, unique acting style that kind of gets called out quite a bit you know he's not necessarily like a great actor but in the roles he's perfect for he's perfect for them johnny utah john wick 
you know, like Neo, all this kind of stuff. So what roles would you say Keanu was miscast for? Um, that's a really good question. I guess I would need to pull up his. Yeah. I'd have to think about that for a second, but I mean, he's, he was so good in my own private Idaho. Like I didn't know he had that in him. You know what I mean? Like he wasn't yeah. necessarily his acting wasn't great but i don't know maybe he's just fun on screen maybe it's i just like keanu so it worked but i thought he was well, really i know, good I, know I know that he like i mean when you think of like acting he doesn't have like the range that some of the great actors have yeah um, but people dog on his acting but then when you think about or at least when i think about i, sh- I shouldn't speak for everybody if you if you're listening put in the comments a role that he was <laughs> miscast for but like I, I nothing comes to mind where i think you know what they should have gone with this person other than Keanu. I feel yeah. like I'm 100% satisfied with the role that he's playing. Yeah, I feel like he's just, he is very specific, but it's like the type of specific that you'd like. It's like pepperoni pizza or something. You know what I mean? It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, there's better meals out there, but he, like. He's I, a chocolate chip cookie. I'll eat, I'll eat a chocolate chip cookie anytime you put one in front of my face. I don't need know? an oatmeal raisin. I need <laughs> chocolate chip. Man. Yeah, that's totally fair. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, maybe he just ends up in in the right things. Like I, I don't know, I'm going through his stuff here. Like I liked the movie Hardball. Like I don't know, you know, it's like the the baseball Mighty Ducks kind of thing. Like I don't know how great he was in it, but I think he's just like the stuff I like him in. He's I like him in a lot. So you're right. Like he does, he he gets shit on a lot as I just did. But um, <laughs> I mean, 91 man. Point Break, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, and My Own Private Idaho. That was a solid year for Keanu right there. Good run. It's a, some good stuff. So, yeah, I think he was just perfect for this role. Um, maybe a little bit of a resurgence or something like that for his career. I'm not sure. Like, he'd done The Devil's Advocate before that. But, like, Chain Reaction, Johnny Mnemonic. Like, I don't know. It, it Constantine. When was Constantine? Was it Constantine after? Constantine was after. Yeah, Constantine okay. was after all of these, actually. It was in 2005. So I do love Constantine. That movie's awesome. But uh, yeah, so I'm gonna go with Neo Keanu. Um, he's just he's yeah. perfect. And <laughs> yeah, Keanu. Uh, what do we What do we think about before we move on? Real quick, sorry. No, you're good. What it like? Did we like the new Oracle? Because I loved the original Oracle. I um, I will say I liked I liked the Oracle here because I think it's a cool character, and I feel like the actress that played the second version of the Oracle was good. Mm-hmm. but it's hard not to compare her to the first one and yeah. do, do we know what happened there like was there a contract dispute was that she died she died oh, her contract shit. with life was up her so <laughs> yeah. that was her dispute she's dispute, disputing <laughs> yeah. with the heavens above okay yeah. that's a, that's a bummer i didn't know that it's, it's kind of like Dumbledore situation. breaking exactly. news and say the dumbledore like you know uh, we got okay. a dumbledore for the first two and then the rest of them it's someone else so it's like yeah, like I think the first one obviously like would have been the best to have, but I do like kind of how they address it though. It's just like I'm just gonna, Works. you know, I'm, I'm a program. I can look different, whatever. I'm like, okay, that's cool. I, I, yeah, I'm into that. So yeah, on that high note, uh, let's like go such into an asshole. <laughs> let's go to our rush more here. Um, just like last week, we are gonna build. Uh, we're gonna compile a rush more together. These are OR scrubs. Oh, are they? Normally, we each pick four things um, that fall into our theme, but this week we are just going to each pick one. 
um, of the worst endings to a movie trilogy. Uh, so up there already, um, Tyler may not agree, but you know, I'm leading this episode, so I'm throwing revolutions up there. <laughs> this is the one worst endings to a movie trilogy. To be fair, I still haven't seen Resurrections, but then, you know, we're just getting into the weeds there. So yeah. uh, Revolutions is there, and we're each going to pick one movie that ended a trilogy horribly. Tyler, are you ready with yours? I am ready, and we're going to wrap it all up into our first season's uh, trilogy round. We're going Blade 3. Going Blade 3. I would probably watch Blade wow. 3 before I watched uh, Revolutions. Like I did like Blade Three, but the first two were just so fucking cool. This I meant yeah. the second one specifically for me is my favorite of the three. So it just was I don't know, it was sort of a bummer. I've I actually feel that for me and my experiences of these franchises, like again, Blade Three is better than Matrix Reloaded, but they're kind of similar to me. Like yeah blade three kind of went all in and it was campier and cheesier and they were trying to do too much they were leaning in on a lot of stuff that they thought was gonna make them you know what the people wanted it's got ryan reynolds making an sbd joke yep yeah ryan reynolds pat oswalt it's got a lot of great people um and the triple h (laughs) triple h it should have been so fun it just wasn't this is a bummer so um it's an enjoyable movie. I'll probably watch it again at some point in my lifetime, but um, yeah. Blade and it also three. has uh, the actor who's done nothing else of note, Chris Christopherson. Mm, uh, right. He's also in that movie. I don't think he's done anything else other than acting as far as I know. He's only been in three Blade movies. Just the three Blade <laughs> movies. Whistler. Just those three That's Blade movies. It. That's it. Good job, Chris. And Steve is so mad right now. <laughs> Child of the he 70s. Whistler and, blasphemy. Yeah, that's about <laughs> it. Whistler, that's a whole IMDb. That's it. Wikipedia, Whistler. Just um, Whistler. <laughs> Matt, how about you? Okay, so th- it's it's fitting that we're doing this on a Matrix round because, yeah. as I said last episode with Matrix Reloaded, I re- recalled really enjoying it, revisiting it, you know, 20 years later or 19 years later. Didn't love it as much. This movie rounds out one of my favorite one of my childhood favorite you know trilogies Mm -hmm. and that's ninja turtles 3 i believe it was titled turtles in time um which is the title of the arcade game yeah the sequel arcade game which is awesome and so there's a number of reasons why this was a bad way to end i i feel like i still like this movie for nostalgic reasons but you had a very strong sequel with Ninja Turtles 2. Mm-hmm. You know, you oh, raise yeah. the stakes. You go this from Shredder to Super Shredder. Yeah. And then rather than continue anything there, they decided, you know what? <laughs> Let's take this time travel thing from this popular video game that we're doing right now and just take that theme with us, not the game, nothing from the game. Mm-hmm. Let's leave let's leave the game completely out of this. <laughs> but let's take the turtles back to ancient Japan. Which could have been cool. Yeah. Could have been. You know. Could have been. Could have been. It wasn't. <laughs> Spoiler um, alert. <laughs> there uh a lot of there's a lot of weird stuff in this movie now that I think about it, but I mean there's probably a lot of like great like th- what they should do is they should re-release Ninja Turtles 3 just with like on TikTok with just like 10 second sequences <laughs> from the movie. Like 
a ninja turtle dressed up like a samurai saving someone from a burning house like that's a cool 10 second scene yeah yeah but it wasn't i mean like you said matt this was right in my wheelhouse i fucking loved the ninja turtles and even i even i hated this movie (laughs) it's such a bummer yeah it's it's a rough movie the tagline on imdb it's not the official one i think it's something that was like user submitted it's really good uh ancient japan 1393 without a map without a clue without a pizza (laughs) (laughs) that's so good that's great yeah i feel like if if uh and i'm not trying to dump on the creators that did this i know that you know working with studios can be a total nightmare i don't know what personalities and egos were at play when mm-hmm. they had to make this thing. So I'm giving all the grace in the world, but given the the blueprint of this movie, it could have been super awesome. Hell yeah. yeah. Even like the recipe was there. It was just executed very, very poorly. And to go from secret of the ooze with super shredder to the four turtles trading places with four ancient Japanese dudes, it was a miss. Yeah. And, rough. uh, the franchise has never recovered, honestly, if we're, if we're being completely honest. Unfortunately. Always. It, it keeps trying to. He's trying. It keeps trying to. He's trying. <laughs> okay. Now it's my turn. Let's wrap this up with the most sad I've ever been <laughs> leaving a movie. <laughs> I've never been so disappointed. I think still, honestly, like in my <laughs> life. 2006, X-Men The Last Stand. This is the first midnight release i remember going to like i was so excited what I don't remember. a bummer i know right like x2 for me still you know rushmore comic book movies like i i love x2 so much i was so excited for this one uh and then it was just such a bummer for so many reasons you know brian singer left to go do the superman movie so they brought in brett ratner which is like never anything you want to hear <laughs> like Brett Ratner is involved like okay well no thank you uh for multiple reasons um but even just the way his name sounds but like phonetically and sonically like Brett Ratner <laughs> yeah. it's just like it is yeah not good yeah <laughs> tough break um so yeah I don't know just like I just remember being super bummed with this uh I, I think they went on you know with the first class and stuff to like revive the X-Men's really hit or miss, man. It's like mm-hmm. one of the least consistent franchises out there. Oh, yeah. But like X-Men first one and X2, I think were good movies. And I was really excited for this and just so bummed. I, you never want to see Kelsey Grammer in blue skin ever. <laughs> like, well, that's, that's what's funny. Like I was, I mean, did, did we see this together, Ben? We may did have. We go to, we okay. May have. I, I can't, I can't remember. And I actually, I can't remember anything surrounding seeing this movie other than leading up to it. I as well was obviously super hyped. Mm -hmm. It was during that weird period of time when like phone carriers would distribute wallpapers for movies Yeah, for like, and so like I had downloaded like all the wallpapers for this and I was like rotating like through them. Like, and you know, I was, I was trying to talk myself even into being down with Kelsey Grammer as Mm -hmm. beast. Yeah. You know, like I think we all knew how ludicrous and how bad that, was going to be but <laughs> yeah. we tried we tried to tell ourselves that it was going to be okay and that it was cool i still like, want no, you know what he's my wallpaper 
Like, did Kelsey Grammer have like blackmail on Brett Ratner? Like, <laughs> maybe. Like, I don't know whose decision it was to cast him, but I want I'm, you to make me in the movie. <laughs> yeah, I want to be Doctor Hank McCoy. I need to get away from this Fraser thing I've been doing. Uh, I mean, brought in some fun new people. I love Ben Foster and everything. Elliot Page as Kitty Pride was great. Uh, Vinny Jones as Juggernaut. He was playing it very comic, and I actually was kind of on board with it. You know, the whole like, I'm the juggernaut bitch. Like he was definitely playing it up really weird. Um, but yeah, overall just like such a bummer. I, I was really, really bummed even this movie. So I think I probably thought like, I'm never going to stay up late for a movie again. Luckily we don't have to anymore. Now we can just go the night before, but we just go on Thursday um, yeah. or whatever, or Wednesday yeah. as it turns out. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. So that's a pretty solid Rushmore. Um, yeah. Play Trinity, Ninja Turtles 3, X-Men The Stand, and Matrix Revolutions. Not recommended by any of us, but <laughs> they made our rush bar. So um, normally this is the time when I ask if you guys want to talk about anything else, but I don't want to talk about this movie anymore. So I'm not even gonna ask. We're just gonna we're just gonna wrap it up. Um stay tuned. Next month we're gonna get into the Lord of the Rings trilogy. We're not gonna talk about matrix resurrections but you know if you want us to there's a way to do that you can go to our website threefilmspod.com um but yeah other than that we'll be back next month for more hugo weaving see you guys who's the furball hank mccoy secretary of mutant affairs right right the secretary nice suit henry this is logan He's Wolverine. Um, I hear you're quite an animal. Look who's talking. <laughs>